Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Julie Gould and this is Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. This is the final episode of our six-part series on careers in physics, where we've been hearing stories about transitions. Now, this whole series on careers in physics actually started out as a discussion with two physicists turned editors. One was Andrea Taroni, the chief editor of Nature Physics, and the other was Gaia Donati, an associate editor in the Nature team who has a focus on physics. Now, their jobs, day in, day out as editors, involve speaking to countless physicists, going to physics conferences, reading physics papers, visiting physics laboratories. They are completely immersed in the whole discipline, not just into one specific area. And that's why I wanted to share some of their insights into what the field of physics is experiencing. And thankfully, Gaia Donati was happy to share her transition story too and give some of her insights into the world of physics. Here's her story. I cover quantum information, particle physics, nuclear physics. So I get a good, you know, good picture of, of physics research, you know, at the edge uh, of what is going on. Uh, I have a PhD in physics, um, but I transitioned into publishing and into this type of role I have now straight after my PhD. So tell me a little bit more about, about your PhD, because you, you said you cover in your job quite a wide range of physics, but I imagine your PhD was much more focused. Yes, it was. It was a PhD in experimental quantum optics, which basically means that I got to play around with lasers, <laughs> mostly, uh, making them interact with all sorts of optical elements. And um, yeah, that, 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 was, that was a good experience, but... Uh, Part of the reason why I felt like something different was that it was very focused because in your PhD, you become a specialist, an expert in one particular topic or, you know, area. And uh, so, yes, it it was a big, um, a a big step because now I get to read about things that I studied years ago. And why was... the, The concept of the PhD being so focused on one subject just not the right fit for you? It wasn't fun anymore somehow. It felt like I was missing out on what was going on in the rest of physics. And the more I, you know, found myself diving in, the more I was, I'm losing the big picture, you know, and and I wanted to bring that back a bit, I guess. And to be honest, um, I think that for me, the big hint towards the career, the, 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 the job I'm doing now was that 
um, I used to say while I was writing up that that felt like the best moment of my entire PhD. And generally, my fellow PhD students, you know, were, how can you say, like, you know, I, I can't wait for this to be over. Like, I don't like writing up. It's such a waste of time. I want to go back to the lab and do more experiments. And I so, so enjoyed it. Um, you know, those 200 pages, I kind of poured all of my all of my ideas and my knowledge of the experiment and, you know, all of that. And, and I really enjoyed having to develop a narrative, not because, you know, I have to publish or I have to pass my viva, but because I want to make sense of this. I want to bring this into, again, the wider picture. And I thought, hmm, maybe that means that I want to do something that has to do with this ability to express things clearly you know, organize your thoughts, writing. And so that's how it came about. I was going to say, and, and so here we are. Yes. So yes. now working as uh, an, an editor on the physical mm -hmm. sciences team. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that transition, because it's not an easy transition to make. No, it wasn't. And in fact, um, uh, you know, if I could give a piece of advice, and in fact, I have to, to some friends who were younger than me and who are now finishing their PhDs in the group where I did mine, uh, start looking for jobs before you finish because I really got to the end of the PhD and, and so what now? <laughs> you know, and that was not very clever because it took me about six months from my viva, basically. So, you know, end of, of PhD examination to find my first job, which was not a permanent position, which was in fact a locum um, associate editor position with Nature Photonics, which is, you know, a sister journal here. So that was extremely good um, as an opportunity because even though I had identified publishing as a sector I wanted to explore, you know, I, I didn't know anyone who, who did that job and, and it was difficult to picture what it would be on a day-to-day -day basis. So to some extent, the fact that it was not permanent gave me an opportunity to, you know, dip my toes and see, do I like it? And it turned out I liked it. So then when that experience finished, I was again on the lookout for other editorial jobs, this time permanent. And then I landed my current job. So one of the big topics of discussion in physics is the, this concept of, of gender balance, of having, you know, trying to bring some sort of parity to the labs, having w more women in senior positions, more women coming throughout the ranks. And we've discussed this in our very first episode of the series with Cornelis Storm and with Elizabeth Tasker, who were both part of uh, gender positive hiring policies to try and entice more women into academia and for in their purposes, specifically in physics. Now, you did your undergraduate uh, master's research in Italy, but then did your PhD in the UK. Mm -hmm. Now, did you find any differences in the, in the gender balance between those two countries in your, in your experience? Well, I think the short answer is that I became aware of a gender balance issue when I moved to the UK because simply I was not aware when I studied in Italy, my university undergraduate cohort was, I would say, 50-50 between male and female students. And the research group where I did my, my master's research was female-dominated. Uh, let's describe it as follows. I remember my PhD interview. So I walk into this meeting room for what would become my research group. And I look around and there's about 10, 12 people and they're all male. And it doesn't dawn on me immediately, but then I look around a bit and I'm like, 
where are women? Like, what is going on? Um, and I discovered that a couple of female postdocs have just left, you know. Well, it, it's something that definitely struck me because I could see that there was a lot of talk about it in Oxford um, in the department and it does leave me with the feeling that maybe it is country dependent there is something cultural that so, so you, you do you do have some variability across countries my personal diagnosis in a sense is that the problem starts a lot earlier than university that's my feeling I think it starts I, I would say almost primary school okay and I want to talk a little bit about about this thread that's been running through our conversation, which is the the concept of a broad overview. Mm -hmm. Now, you as an editor yourself, you said, you know, you you learn about all sorts of different subjects in physics. You also have contacts in all these various subjects. And you see how the field of physics is evolving from, Mm -hmm. you know, from as time goes on and as the research advances. So I want to know from, from your perspective... What are some of the big things happening in physics? And what are some of the big challenges that people see in physics? Well, one trend which I see probably more of than when I was a PhD student, say, is people deciding to um, switch fields or, you know, actively try to find an interdisciplinary collaboration. So somehow I think they might have the same drive I had. Like maybe they are slightly fed up with their focus, you know, what they've been working for for years. And so rather than, say, look for a job outside of academia, they stay in academia, but they try to branch into something else where they will need to learn, obviously, because they won't be subject experts, but somehow, you know, a new challenge. And I think that this is something that is characterizing physics more and more, this willingness to reach out to different fields, different areas, see if you know, the physics, so-called physics mindset uh, can, can, can somehow collaborate, can help, can, can bring insights into other areas. This is something that I, I think is, is now characterizing the field more than it used to uh, years ago. Then obviously there are some uh, backgrounds whereby I feel the transition to industry is facilitated. So particle physics, I think, is, is an example. Um, it at least from what I've seen, many projects there involve a, a huge component in data analysis. They, 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 those people are usually experts in machine learning techniques. They handle huge amounts of data. That's real big data, from, at least from the perspective of someone like me, if I think of my data sets. Uh, and I can see and I know of um, several people who then think of going into data science for example, which is one field that is attracting a lot of attention. Lots of companies search for data scientists, data analysts. The, you know, the names can change slightly, but probably in my perception at least, which is obviously not not all-encompassing, but I feel that particle physics might be one of those areas where the transition into data science is probably, for physicists, kind of the easiest or the most natural, you could say. Well, I've got to admit, I'm very pleased to hear all of these things because these are all (laughs) topics that we've discussed throughout this series on careers in physics. We've had Stuart Higgins talk about his transition from physics into uh, biophysics. Mm -hmm. And um, we've also heard from Lewis Armitage, who was a 
who was a researcher at CERN during his PhD, mm -hmm. and he now works as a data analyst as well. So these are just a couple of examples of the people mm -hmm. that we've spoken to. So it's nice to hear <laughs> that your perspective is what we've covered in this in this series. So, Gaia, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate thank you. it. Thank okay. you. Thank Thanks. you. Now that's it for this series on careers in physics from Working Scientist, but I will be back later this year with a series on PhDs. What the needs of PhD researchers are, how the PhD training schemes have changed and what changes are yet to come. It's going to be launched in November 2019, so come back then. But in the meantime, you can always follow the Nature Careers Adventures online on Twitter, on Facebook and on the website at www.nature.com forward slash careers. Thank you for listening. I'm Julie Gould. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.